It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, August 20th, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. We get support from Don Adams Antenna Services, local dish authorized retailer, assisting Nevada County residents with satellite television for over 35 years. Jershki Drive, Grass Valley, 530-274-3709, donadamsgv.com. Tonight, the California Report looks at the state of the housing market, then efforts to combat the state's massive wildfires. We'll take a brief look at regional headlines and weather before Felton Pruitt talks to Jesse Dunn from the Dead Winter Carpenters. This is the California Report. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin with the latest on wildfires burning across the state. Conditions have been more favorable to crews battling the Caldor Fire in El Dorado County. Yesterday, firefighters were able to limit growth to a little more than 3,000 acres. More than 20,000 residents remain evacuated from their homes. El Dorado County Sheriff Sergeant Eric Palmberg says they'll continue to patrol these areas until residents are allowed back in. The Sheriff's Office, as well as a multitude of other allied agencies from our region and state, are out in the area of all of the evacuated areas. We are diligent doing 24-hour patrol. Fortunately, the vast majority of people have stayed out of the area. The fire has destroyed at least 100 structures. And crews battling the massive Dixie Fire have also been able to take advantage of calmer weather over the last 24 hours. While spot fires continue to pop up, firefighters have been able to bolster containment lines. The biggest danger continues to be on the eastern part of the fire in Lassen County. Although thousands remain evacuated there, nearly 4,000 people have been able to return to their communities this week. As these massive wildfires continue to burn across Northern California, state officials are warning that the worst could be yet to come. Here's Cal Fire Chief Tom Porter. Last year at this time, uh, we were deploying teams all over California to lightning fires that had occurred and turned into complexes and ultimately became uh, the biggest uh, and most acres ever burned in California's uh, history that we have been tracking. Uh, This year, we're on track to do just the same. Uh, We are ahead of acres burned to date at this point. Porter says Cal Fire has all of its employees on fires across the state, and there is a major concern about a lack of additional resources. But just yesterday, the California Office of Emergency Services announced that they'll be getting some help from out of state. Crews and aircraft from Utah, Louisiana, Wisconsin, and West Virginia will be assisting with the Caldor and the Dixie fires. Porter says it's been a challenge getting help from out-of-state agencies because many are dealing with fires of their own. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. 
If you're among the millions of Californians who's tried to move during the pandemic, chances are it's been tough. And there's been more than one reason for that. Low supply, high demand among them. But contributing to that, the Federal Reserve has kept interest rates super low during the pandemic, with the aim of sparking more economic activity. Low interest rates spur people to buy homes. Well, for more on the state of the housing market, I recently spoke with Mary Daly. She's the president of the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank. Demand for homes has surged during the pandemic. People had income, either because they were able to keep working or because we had a lot of fiscal support that helped aid people in getting through it. So their, their balance sheets, if you will, are in really good shape. And they want to purchase homes because they want more space. If you're going to be stuck at home, you want a lot of space to be there in. Mm-hmm. And so people changed their priorities and they started purchasing homes. Well, home supply didn't keep up. We were already short of housing and it got in shorter supply during the pandemic. Rewinding just a little bit, I don't think you mentioned interest rates. Those are decisions that are guided by you and other policymakers on the monetary policy side. I'm sure there are people who would want this whole interview to be spent me asking you, is the Fed creating a housing bubble and bubbles in other assets that simply wouldn't be there if we were at a normal rate? It's an important question to ask. We lowered the interest rate and absolutely that spurs economic activity. That's what it's supposed to do. Because when we lower the interest rate, people can buy a home, which supports the housing market and all the furniture and remodeling you have to do. But it also lowers car loan rates and small business loan rates and big business loan rates, which support job growth and other kinds of other kinds of activities. So at the center of the economic activity we observe when I look around is the fact that it's cheaper to borrow now and that supports economic activity. So you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, yes, there is overheating potentially in the housing market, but it's worth it given the benefits that you see in other parts of the economy. Is that right? What I would say is that monetary policy is a very blunt tool. It's one thing we control the interest rate. Controlling the interest rate is very important for spurring economic activity and one of the places that always goes up in in these situations is housing. And the housing market is there's a surge in demand that is partly driven by affordability now with the interest rate lower but is also driven by the need for people they have good balance sheets and they want to get they want to buy an asset they want to buy a house they want to invest in assets that's actually something that is positive in our economy and the imbalances we see right now between demand and supply that are boosting the housing market that's not the same thing as the housing crisis or the bubbles that people really worry about because those were caused in large part when we look back they were caused by people being in a very poor position to purchase that house mm-hmm. when I see the housing prices go up I say yeah that's absolutely demand and supply the lower interest rate certainly is something that's contributing but if we raise the interest rate to offset it we would have a small correction in the housing market and we would put a lot of people out of work and a lot of small businesses would have to close and other businesses would have to scale back activities and that would actually derail the economy. So when you net net that, then the answer is this is the interest rate being low is essential for us continuing to get past the pandemic. That was Mary Daly, president of the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank. 
And that is the California Report for this Friday, August 20th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, and Chris Hoff, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. As I speak, the Auburn Area Recreation and Park District are kicking off their food truck fiesta and party in the park at Recreation Park in Auburn. The event features a free concert with performances by the Dead Winter Carpenters and Kyle Ledson and Friends. Food trucks, craft beer, and local wines will be in abundance. The evening is a fundraiser for the Auburn Bike Park. The Union of Grass Valley reports the varsity and junior varsity prep football games between Bear River High School and Truckee High School have been canceled due to projected poor air quality. The contests were originally scheduled for 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Saturday at Truckee High School. The games have not been rescheduled at this time. After careful consideration, Grass Valley's The Center for the Arts, along with the Miners Foundry Cultural Center and other organizations, are releasing a joint statement expanding protocols in dealing with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. These organizations include The Center for the Arts, Community Asian Theater of the Sierra, CATS, In Concert Sierra, Miners Foundry Cultural Center, Music in the Mountains, and Nevada City Film Festival. With audience and staff safety in mind, The above listed venues have made the decision to require that patrons and artists alike either show proof of a COVID-19 vaccination or a negative COVID test taken within 48 hours of in-house events. These measures are being taken in response to the rise in cases of the virus, specifically that of the Delta variant and the limited ICU capacity of area hospitals. Quote, The road to recovery for the arts remains bumpy, and this change in policy has been a tough decision, end quote, said the center's executive director, Amber Jo Manuel. Quote, we are collectively hoping to maximize the safety and peace of mind for all who wish to attend our events, including those at risk and immunocompromised, end quote. In observance of this policy, venues will require that all patrons and staff wear face masks appropriate for preventing the spread of illness. Tomorrow, the Center for the Arts presents the Jacob Jolliffe Band on the Main Stage Theater. As a wee lad, Jacob began playing the mandolin and never put the instrument down. He attended Berklee College of Music and won the National Mandolin Championship in 2012. The evening will include performances of original pieces played by the ensemble of virtuosic pickers. The performance begins at 8, doors open at 7. Chris Thiele, eat your heart out. Empire Mine State Historic Park visitors will have a special opportunity to take home a living piece of history this Saturday. Fledgling Heritage Rose Bushes will be sold beginning at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Proceeds from the sale will go to Sierra Gold Parks Foundation, a nonprofit association supporting our three local state parks. The roses for sale were selected from Empire Mine's formal gardens. And a quick road closure update. Brunswick Road from Highway 174 to Greenhorn Road will be closed to through traffic due to road work taking place August 22nd to August 23rd. The closure is scheduled for the hours of 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. California Highway Patrol reports road closures eastbound Highway 50 at Sly Park and westbound 50 at Myers due to the Caldor Fire. 
Evacuations from Echo Summit have also begun. And last but certainly not least, Happy National Radio Day! Much like the purpose of radio, its creation and implementation was truly a group effort, inheriting abundantly from a variety of minds for over a century. Radio is constantly evolving, innovating, and connecting, as has KVMR from its on-air debut in 1978, broadcasting from a small miner shack on Banner Mountain at 20 watts for four hours a day. As a community radio station, KVMR is operated and influenced by the community it seeks to serve. So when we celebrate National Radio Day, we are, in essence, celebrating all of you listening right now. And now for the regional weather and your air quality index. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, widespread haze and smoke with a low around 59. Tomorrow, widespread haze and patchy smoke, then sunny with a high near 79. Sunday will be sunny with a high near 81. Current air quality is unhealthy with an AQI of 151. Tomorrow, unhealthy for sensitive groups with a potential AQI of 134. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, widespread haze and smoke with a low around 44. Tomorrow, the haze and smoke continues with a high near 72. Sunday will be sunny with a high near 77. Current air quality is unhealthy with an AQI of 176. Tomorrow, unhealthy with a potential AQI of 163. The National Weather Service warns of hazardous weather conditions for the Truckee Tahoe region. Smoke will be returning to areas east of the Sierra Crest. And for our friends to the south, in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 59. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 80. Sunday will be sunny with a high near 84. Current air quality is unhealthy with an AQI of 152. Tomorrow, moderate with a potential AQI of 93. Stick around, Felton Pruitt speaks with local musician Jesse Dunn of the Dead Winter Carpenters. We're talking with Jesse Dunn from the Dead Winter Carpenters, who are one of our favorite local bands, actually make their home up there in the Tahoe area. I guess you guys, uh, you have a lot of gigs planned, and one by one they kind of get start getting canceled because of this COVID uprising again. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately becoming a little too familiar of a process here. Yeah, a bit discouraging, you know, but I don't know, man. We're just hoping that everybody can stay safe and and be smart and and then we can move forward. If it's not this fall, then, you know, hopefully springtime, whenever it may be. We're recording this before uh, the newscast, but you're you're probably playing out in Auburn right now, hopefully at the food cart uh, festival that uh, Scott Holbrook puts on. But you never know. It could have been uh, because of the smoke. You might not be there. Well, that's the hope. Yeah, I know it's been uh, it's been pretty brutal up here in Tahoe, and I was I've been tracking the AQI and even down on the foothills, it's been pretty bad. And we just, you know, our hearts go out to all the folks affected by the Caldor fire there, and, and of course the Dixie fire, which continues to rage, and just so sad all around, you know. But hopefully, we can give some people some reprieve from all that. Do you think it's a little easier if you're a musician to get through all these crappy times because your musicians just have internal hope, I think. Yeah, I think I think yes and no. Um I think the longer it this whole thing goes on, you know, the more discouraging it becomes, but it's nice to have that outlet of an acoustic instrument for me to play and kind of sing and ramble on about what I'm what I'm feeling, you know, but I, I think it definitely helps as a release there. 
to be a musician, you know, and, um, we try to remain optimistic, man. I'm sure as, as everybody does, but it, it's, it's tough. Have the dead winter carpenters recorded any songs about COVID and the pandemic? Uh, not specifically, you know, we released a new EP right at the beginning of the pandemic in, uh, in April. Well, we started releasing singles basically right when it was, um, starting to spread. So the official release for the full EP was in the end of April, 2020. So that's, that's still our newest recording. Um, of course we're always thinking about what the next move will be, but we gotta, we gotta get out and play to, uh, save up the bankroll to record again, you know? Yeah. How did things work for you guys financially? Did unemployment work for you as a, as a band? Could you get on the California unemployment? Yeah, it was a bit of a, a mixture um, between all the band members, some unemployment, and then some of the guys are in Jenny also. They teach music, so they've been trying to keep that going through the pandemic, mostly through Zoom uh, for, for a while, but I know they're they're doing some outdoor teaching now and kind of getting back to normal for the time being there. And personally, I painted some houses last summer for, I don't know, four or five months for a buddy um, up here. He's got a company called Just Some Guy Painting. <laughs> and uh, that's what that's what we were, just some guys painting and uh, really a lot of work on that, on that front. Uh, so I was doing that last summer and then I also do a lot of booking work for bands and that's picked up quite a bit the last couple of months. And it, you know, it seems to be kind of curtailing a bit with some of this apprehension with the Delta variant, but we'll see where it all lands. And I don't know, I just think, you know, outdoor shows are, are the wave of the present and future for now. And, and who knows how long that'll, that'll be available. We're talking with Jesse Dunn from the dead winter carpenters band. You make your home up there in, uh, Truckee Tahoe area, uh, I guess halfway between, something like that. We were over, yeah, I'm on the West Shore okay. uh, in Tahoma, the West Shore of the lake, and um, we love it over here. It's, it's just beautiful and a, a great community. One of the guys is in Truckee, and two of the guys are down in Roseville, actually. So we got, we got kind of that 80 corridor spread going a little bit. Right now, uh, things are pretty nasty up there. I hear that your air quality has been unbreathable, like on and off every, every other day or so. It's really just been this strange summer, you know, starting in early July with the Tamarack fire down down in Markleyville and, and uh, the Dixie fire started right around then, too. And it's just it feels like the fire season started, you know, at least a month early. So I'd say by and large, the majority of the days have been, you know, in the unhealthy realm of air quality. You know, we're fortunate that we're not directly hit by the fires. How have you kept the Dead Winter Carpenters as a band going and forceful through all of this? You know, it, I think it did help to have that new release at the beginning of the, the pandemic. And then Jenny and I have did quite a bit of streaming um, through the Facebook Live channels and things like that. And uh, streaming for different um, organizations throughout the whole thing where they, they host us and, and, and broadcast us through their channels, which is great and a, a way to, to still kind of connect with your audience. And then earlier this summer, we've had quite a few shows on the calendar. Most of them have stuck, but like you said, they're, they're slowly falling off, but um, it just, it's, it's felt amazing to get out and play again for a live audience. So yeah, you know, just, just doing what we can, whether it's playing live or streaming or 
trying to stay in touch through social media channels. Do you have any dates that you can talk about that uh, hopefully will happen? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to be in Auburn, I think, when this is being broadcast. So we'll be over there at Recreation Park uh, in Auburn. And then we have a show at Commons Beach up here in Tahoe City, um, which is always one of the highlights of our summer. When's that? There, That's Sunday, the 29th of August. That's always a really nice gig out there. So hopefully that one can happen. Absolutely. And then... Yeah, a couple things sprinkled in um, September and October, and uh, that's I think that's really about as far out that we're booked this fall, kind of waiting and see, seeing what happens. I know we have some holds on the calendar um, in various places that haven't locked in yet, just kind of the wait-and-see method right now. Has your model for uh, deposits changed? I mean, like uh, when I used to do booking, most bands, they would want 50% of their fee up front, and then they'd collect the other 50% when they played. Has that model changed for you guys? Yeah, I would say absolutely. I mean, that that's still kind of the industry standard, I feel. But, you know, we're all trying to, we're all in the same boat, you know, with the promoters and the and the bookers and the venues and the producers and, you know, anybody that's involved, the publicist, you name it. It's just up and down the industry. We're all trying to kind of make a go of it. So I just think there's there's not really much liability on either side, just not knowing with, with everything being so uncertain. So, I mean, we are requesting deposits knowing that they're not readily available um and just you know i think that those kind of due dates are getting pushed closer to the the actual day of show and and everybody's just hoping for the best why don't you give people the uh, the website for the dead winter carpenters and all your social media contact info sure sure we're uh, you can find us at deadwintercarpenters.com uh we're also on facebook and instagram i think we're just at deadwintercarpenters there and yeah, you can find us on all the Spotify's and YouTube music and Pandora's and all that stuff. And we appreciate everybody listening as always and uh, hoping to get some new material out here before too long. We've been talking with Jesse Dunn from the Dead Winter Carpenters. Thanks for uh, your stories, Jesse. Thank you, man. As always, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you and, and be on the air. And you know what? Let's, let's all remain optimistic. And I think when when this whole thing blows over, we're going to be back stronger than ever as a, as an industry. And we, you know, we just appreciate all the continued support throughout and wish everybody the best through this trying time of wildfires and COVID and, uh, you know, we'll get there. That's Jesse Dunn from the Dead Winter Carpenters. You be safe. Thanks, man. That's our newscast for tonight. You can listen to the extended version of Felton's full interview on our webpage, kvmr.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. KVMR gets support from A to Z Hardware Supply and Garden Center, locally owned and operated by the Wheat family since 1984, offering construction and plumbing materials, lawn and garden supplies, also beekeeping and canning necessities. Ridge Road, Grass Valley, a to Z supply.com and Habitat for Humanity Restore at 12359 Loma Rica Drive. Scheduling contact list donation pickups at 274 3761. 
Together, building stronger communities, one home at a time. Habitat for Humanity Restore, Grass Valley. Stick around. At 6.30, the California Report magazine brings us the final episode in a two-part series on the quirky and fascinating nature of car culture. Mauricio Hernandez grew up in Mexico City, immigrated to Los Angeles as a teenager, and ended up working at West Coast Customs, transforming clunkers into one-of-a-kind cars, although his contributions often went unacknowledged. In the documentary's second episode, Hernandez moves back to Mexico while attempting to navigate the whirlwind of fame as the star of the Spanish-language version of the television show Pimp My Ride. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. Thanks for listening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend.